Okay, so we heard Brother Reuben read from, I think it was Isaiah, wasn't it? Uh, yes, from Isaiah. And about not fasting just being from food, but in works of mercy, giving up of ourselves to help our brother. That's why fasting is normally tied together with prayer and almsgiving. It's the most ancient. It goes from before the New Testament back into the Old Testament. And it's a very important concept. And it's at the heart of Lent, which Lent is at the heart of the preparation for the highest part of our liturgical year, Easter and Divine Mercy Sunday. This being said, you could say, wow, maybe I need to hear what the church has to say about this, because boy, this is one thing we have completely lost in our Catholic culture today. And that is this understanding of the importance of prayer, fasting and almsgiving, and especially fasting. You know, the Jews considered these three things the main cardinal works of mercy. Now, what is cardinal versus spiritual works of mercy? Cardinal means physical, of the things like of the body. And so very important. Now, Christians, we are to be seen doing good works by example, but not just for the fact of being seen. What is that, Father? <laughs> we are to be seen doing good works, but not for the fact of just to be seen. It's what's in the heart. All right. It's often said, and this is what's very interesting, that rewards have no place in the Christian life. We're busting our rear ends trying to make things happen. Brother Alex, last night I was at the Marion Helper Center. Brother Mark and I were working. Brother Alex shows up at like 10 o'clock and says, I'll work till 1130. I mean, this is what it takes. This is awesome stuff. This is busting as best we can. And by the way, we are getting your orders out. <laughs> so praise God, you've got priests and brothers out there physically packing your orders. So I'm blessing them as they're coming out to you. Father Don's book, my book's getting out there now. God bless your patience, images, all of these. Now, it's said that there's no place for rewards in the Christian life. Is this true? Is there reward or not? Well, let's look at this. It is said that we must be good for the sake of being good and that virtue is its own reward. So whatever virtue you get, maybe it leads to the virtue of, you know, patience with your brothers or whatnot when you do these things. But Jesus teaches that we will be rewarded for what we do. So was there a contradiction here? No. There isn't, because Jesus is saying we will be rewarded for what we do, but not materially. He's not going to give us a bigger house or a bigger car. Please, you've heard me say this before, don't fall victim to that gospel of prosperity that is sweeping, it's, it's, it's devastating South America right now. Brazil used to be 95% Catholic, it's now 50% Catholic. Because God bless them. I'm not criticizing the evangelicals. They are our brothers. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ. They mean well. They want these souls to be saved. I have no doubt about that. Their hearts are good. But boy, when you get in there and you get these famous, the pastor that has the largest church in the United States of America that refuses to mention the word sin. 
says he will not mention the word sin because it makes people feel bad. This is not the gospel of Christ. We have to recognize our sin. And then he will go on and he says, you believe in Jesus, you'll get that new car. You believe in Jesus, you'll get that new house. You believe in Jesus, you'll get that new beautiful wife. And you will be promoted at work because you are the best. And you will be promoted at work and you will get that raise. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel of prosperity. And that is deadly dangerous. Jesus does not promise that kind of reward. He promises the reward of heaven and eternal life, not material goods. And yeah, you can find some isolated passages in the Old Testament that you'll be showered with blessings like, you know, Job or whatever. And well, Job is an example of what happens when those material things are taken away. So very important thing to keep in mind. Now, what Jesus does say is you'll get your reward. It's just not going to be necessarily he's promising you some bigger house or a faster car. What he's saying is someone who gives a cup of cool water in his name will not lose his reward. You know that from scripture. He's talking about the works of mercy. Back to what Brother Reuben just read from Isaiah. It all ties together. And so we go in here. So don't, you know, this is important. Don't be more spiritual than Jesus in this matter of reward, thinking, well, there's no reward whatsoever. I can't even think about a reward. No, heaven is the reward. So what a good man receives and what a bad man receives cannot be the same. People are saying like, God treats everybody the same. Actually, your actions determine how God will treat us. It's not him. We choose our destiny. And so there will be, the good will be rewarded, the bad will be punished. Not in the sense that God wants to punish somebody. It's they've removed themselves from God, and that is the ultimate punishment. God's longing for every soul to come to him. So that's not what we think of Lent. We think of Lent as coming closer to God. All right, so to have no reward or punishment, like some people say, is really to say that God, there is no justice and there is no love. God has to reward the good and discipline the bad. And the discipline or punishment, again, isn't him. It's ourselves. By removing ourselves from God is the worst punishment we could do. And God doesn't inflict us making us remove ourselves from him. We do with our choices. All right. So, don't seek reward, though. This is the key. Not, I'm not talking heaven, talking recognition. All right. The highest reward never comes to those who seek reward or recognition. This is the meaning here. You know, all of you guys are part of our Marian family. You guys have come to know us pretty well. You've come to know us. I think I can say this because this is what I think of Father Cass. You talk about the type of example here that we should be following I remember one late, real late, having a conversation with Father Kaz, and it was at the time of elections for the provincial superior. And I said, Father Kaz, you, you know you are our best choice. You are who we, you know, we will, we will probably elect as our provincial. And he looked at me and he says, no. He says, I said, Father Kaz, do you want to serve in that role? And I didn't mean for recognition. I just meant you know, does he want to accept that responsibility? 
And Father Kaz says, I don't even want to talk about it. He says, because if I aspire to that, if anybody aspires to that, it's not of God. He said, I can't aspire to it. He didn't want the recognition. He doesn't want the role. He serves in it because he believes it's God's will. That is a man of God. And that's why Father Kaz is such a beautiful priest. And so we see this here. Now, a man who always calculates his reward and thinking of life in terms of what he can get out of it is more like the law than he is love. If we truly love someone, we don't count the rewards. Like if you love someone, you don't say, well, you know, I did this for you on Monday, but what did you do for me on Tuesday? And that's very hard. It goes against our broken human nature. Um, we are all guilty of that at one time or another. You know, I, I myself would be like, you know, I'm pleading for maybe help over at the center, but yet was I there to help my brother when they needed it? You know, we have to always look at this. It's very important. If you love someone, you're never able to give them enough. <laughs> never. One in love is always in debt. This is interesting. The last thing he thinks about is an earned reward. As a spouse, you're pouring it out for your spouse. You don't count the reward. If a man is a loving, and if a man has a loving view of life, the idea of reward never enters his mind like a father. Does a father expect in a certificate an award for being a good father? No, he shouldn't. You know, one more other quick story. Um, you all know from my videos, I have cameraman Giuseppe, and um, Brother Mark and I are always in a loving, very loving way, always kind of giving him a little hard time, kind of teasing him sometimes. And we all love Giuseppe, he's a very good man. And he did something once with one of the videos that was very good. And he says, okay, Father, come on, give me a shout out, you know, give me a public recognition. And so Brother Mark and I are there. And so we decided to give him a little certificate and he was all excited and it says, uh, a word of excellence, for doing the job you were hired to do. And he laughed and he put it up. He actually framed it. This is just doing the job you're supposed to do. That's what a good father does. He says, I shouldn't be recognized for being a good dad. This is my job. I am a dad. And so Giuseppe put it up on his office. God bless him. And his mom came in from Italy. She speaks broken English. She's a lovely lady. And she calls him Jovi. And she sees this award. She says, Jovi, I am so proud of you for winning this award. And Giuseppe goes, Father, I didn't have the heart to tell her what it really was. And I laughed. I said, that's okay, Giuseppe. Well, just, just smile back at her and say, yes, you did a good job. So, But I think he learned a good lesson in it. And it was a beautiful time. So we have fun. We have to have fun like that or else we will go crazy uh, with the long, long hours. But God gives us those moments. All right. So reward is at the same time. Listen to this. This is interesting. The byproduct and ultimate end of Christian life, but it should not be the goal. Does that make sense? Okay. If you do things that are good without thinking of recognition, the byproduct is good will come anyway ultimately eternal life. So Christ's warning is that sometimes we can do the right things with the wrong motive. Now, for instance, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. I talked about this. 
These are three of the most powerful things we can do during Lent. But are we fasting because we can lose weight and it makes us look better? Or are we doing it out of love of God? Are we praying for truly God's will? Or are we praying for our will? Oh, Lord, please change my husband. <laughs> All right. That's maybe missing a little bit of the point of prayer, right? It's good we're praying the right action, but maybe the wrong motive. Or what about almsgiving? God bless you. But if you go to your pastor and you say, Father, here's a nice big check. And, and your priest says, oh, God bless you. Thank you. And as he's walking away, you say, oh, hold on, Father. When do you want to take my picture for the bulletin? You see, <laughs> we're missing kind of the point there. And so Jesus is telling us here, we have to have the right motives. All right. Now, so are we decreasing so that Christ can increase? Or are we increasing so we can be recognized? That's the difference. All right. So if we do it for our glory and not God's glory, it has no merit. It has no merit. So Jesus says, if you do these things to show your own greatness or piety, you will be rewarded. Well, wait a minute, Father. I just thought you said not to seek it. No, not to seek it. But Jesus said, if you do all these good things like prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, you will be rewarded. But guess what? Your reward will be on earth. Your reward will be earthly, just the praise of men. But you won't get the praise of the Father. This is interesting. This reward will only be earthly and worth much less. So don't seek earthly recognition and reward. Seek heavenly reward. So to give alms should be only to gain merit in the sight of God, not of man. This is why anonymous donors are incredible. We just uh, got word of anonymous donor that's helping us to finish our seminary in Steubenville or our monastery in Steubenville does not want the name even mentioned. Wow, God bless you. But we want to recognize you. We want to say thank you. We want to build a big plaque for you. We want to do that. That's not a bad thing for our end. We want to do that. And so it's just all about what is our motive and her motive is good to help the men at Steubenville get through seminary. All right. So to give alms should be to gain God's approval, not man's. Now, when we do something wrong, this is, I think, one of the things I struggle with the most. When we do something wrong, are we more worried about what God thinks or about what other people think. So do you ever catch yourself, if you're like me, saying, oh man, am I glad nobody saw that mistake. I just really made a blunder there. Thank you, nobody saw that. Ah, back to normal. No, God saw it. And I'm not talking about an innocent mistake. I'm talking about something that maybe was uncharitable or something that was in, you know, just not right. And oh good, nobody saw that. Well, God did. And so we have to keep that in mind. All right. So the last couple of things here that I wanted to talk about is almsgiving. Here's the thing. The almsgiving that gets us to heaven, listen to this. This is from the saints, is, quote, when the recipient does not know from whom he gets it and when the giver does not know to whom he gives it. It's very interesting, isn't it? You know, the rabbis in the Jewish tradition, when they gave to the poor, you know what they would do? They would take money and they would drop money behind them. They wouldn't give it to the poor. 
they would drop it behind them and they'd keep walking forward so they didn't see who picked it up. Kind of interesting, isn't it? But sometimes we give and act like it was out of love, but it is sometimes out of recognition. Um, here's something that's interesting. Do you know the Greek word, the word hypocrite is Greek and it actually means actor. I never knew that. The word hypocrite in Greek means actor. So they put on an act to be recognized. I'm like, wow, I think at one time or another, we've all done that, meaning we, we, we sometimes seek human recognition. It's part of our human nature. Now, many times people give and get a feeling of this is the danger. Now, none of that is necessarily so dangerous as it, it is when we get to this point. I'm the one that helped that person. Well, really, no, God did through you. So when we help somebody, if we say, I help that person, we begin to feel superiority. I'm in a position to help you. So therefore, I have this hold over you. That's dangerous. Don't want to do that. However, when you help the poor, actually, here's the interesting thing. They're giving you more in return than you're giving them. You're giving them a few dollars. You know what they're giving you? A chance to be charitable. And that's what gets you to heaven. Whoa, never thought about that. When you help the poor, they're helping you more than you're helping them. Because you're giving them a few dollars material or a little bit of your time material. But they're giving you the chance to be charitable. And love is the way we get to heaven. Very powerful. All right, so to finish, this is something, you know, the Pharisees fasted two days a week. We just read all about fasting. You know what the two days a week the Pharisees fasted? It was actually Thursday and Monday. That's odd, why? Because they believe that Thursday is when Moses ascended up to the mountain of Sinai, and Monday is when he descended back from Sinai. Now, this public righteousness that we've been talking about is not wrong so as long as we seek it for God's glory. So doing good things is not a bad thing. It's a good thing, but for God's glory. Now, do you know, for instance, that it's more humble? For instance, if you are fasting and it's a Friday and you are ended up at somebody's house for dinner and this nice couple went through all kinds of trouble to prepare you a meal, even with meat. Now, you didn't ask for meat. You did not request meat. You did not tell them to give you meat. You didn't think about it. But you go to their house. It's a Friday, even in Lent. And they put a beautiful meal on your table. And it's a steak and a nice meal. I have known people, and I did this myself, and I will never forget the look on the lady's face. I was a seminarian, and I said, I'm sorry, I can't eat that. And later I told Father Dan that thinking he would be proud of me. And Father Dan says, don't ever do that again. This couple went through so much trouble to prepare you that meal and were so joyful to give it. They weren't thinking. Not everybody understands that. And they prepared you a meal and you said you can't eat it. It's more charitable 
even on a Friday in Lent, to eat that meal than to be this pious Pharisee that says, I'm better than this. Sorry you went through all that trouble, but I'm too holy. Uh Uh-uh. That's not the purpose here. I think that's a very powerful example. It's more humble to accept food put in front of us in public than it is to call attention to we are fasting. Like Jesus said, don't call, blow a horn in front of you. So Jesus says finally to pray in private. This is important because it doesn't take away communal prayer. It complements it. Jesus went to the temple for public worship, but he also prayed in private. We have to do both. You know, it wraps up with St. Gregory the Great said, let your work be done, be so done in public that the intention though remains in secret. I think that's the message today. And so prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, they are so powerful, they can actually remit punishment due to sin. Y'all know of plenary indulgence, right? You all know that. I have a talk out online. You can look it up. But when we go to the confessional, we are forgiven of the sin and the eternal punishment due to sin, a.k.a. hell. So you go to confession, you have a valid confession. The eternal punishment, hell, is gone, wiped away, finished. As long as you remain in a state of grace afterwards. If you don't, go back to confession. But the temporal punishment due to sin, a.k.a purgatory may remain because even though I've committed a sin and it's forgiven, let's suppose uh, I'm a married man and I've committed adultery. I go to the confessional, I confess it, that sin is forgiven, but you probably are going to have to owe some punishment back either in purgatory or on this earth to wipe away the punishment that's due to that sin or I call loving discipline. Plenary indulgences do that. The remission of all temporal punishment in addition to the eternal punishment due to sin. So you do a plenary indulgence. Most everybody knows plenary indulgences can wipe away the sin and confession and then the punishment that's due for for it afterwards. But do you know that prayer, fasting, and almsgiving can also wipe away all your eternal punishment? I'm sorry, temporal punishment? The eternal is wiped away in the confessional. But when you come out, the temporal punishment may remain. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving can wipe that out if it's done in perfect love. So if you are fasting for the glory of God, not to lose weight, you are praying for God's will, not your will, and you are almsgiving without recognition, you have now perfect love and you can wipe away all your punishment. Not just the forgiveness of sin, but all the punishment owed after is gone. This is incredible. That's the beauty of our faith. And that's the teaching of the gospels or the scriptures. Now, this is powerful. All right. So Pope, I'm going to finish what Pope Francis said about fasting, because that really was the heart of what we read today in the readings. You may have heard this. I thought this was very interesting. Here's what Pope Francis said regarding fasting. He said, fasting helps us to overcome indifference for those who are homeless, hungry, or suffering. He said, we show very little interest sometimes in their lives. I think this is true. We've all passed the homeless man on on the way downtown to a restaurant or a ball game. Um, We sometimes lose interest in that. 
And he said, we sometimes show no interest in their lives, their stories, their needs, or their future. We just don't. He said fasting can actually remedy that. What? Yes, listen. He said, how many times did their pleading faces make us look the other way and walk by? Indifferent. He said fasting can help actually fix that. I was like, wow, that's interesting. When we get used to something, we become indifferent. We pass by the homeless person, we become indifferent. But he said fasting can build solidarity with them. Because when you now go without, you relate to those who also go without. If we go without, if we now feel the pain of hunger, we feel their pain when they have no food. If we feel the suffering that comes with it, we now join in their suffering that comes with it. Now, that doesn't mean you have to risk your health. I mean, there's things like intermittent fasting. This is one thing that I've read seems to be very good, where you can fast different ways. Like, for instance, uh, intermittent fasting is where you pick an eight-hour period of the day. Um, and in that eight-hour period, you do all your eating. You can eat any kind of food, but you eat only in eight hours. The other 16, you fast. So I was like, wow, that's interesting. You can do that every day. Or you could do something called the 5-2, which I've adapted where five days of the week you eat whatever you want, but two days of the week you limit your calories to like between 400 or so, 400 to 800 calories. These are all things that are excellent ways to purge the body, detox, and whatnot. So there's a lot of kinds of ways that we can do it. Here's the point. Why are we doing it? We're doing it for the glory of God. We're doing it for solidarity with our neighbor, as Pope Francis said. We are doing it in a way that helps us to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. Remember, he must, I must decrease, so he must increase. It's the whole basis of Lent. It's not Catholic guilt. It's called the teachings of Jesus. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. 
simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.